Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Colored Red. I've got a quick um, historical episode for you guys today, and I do apologize for this episode being a little bit late this month. Things just ran over. So I've got this quick episode for you guys today, and this episode, just by sheer coincidence, will share a last name with the episode that I'm going to be doing for the end of the month. And I did not plan that, it just sort of happened that way. So I'm just going to jump right into it. What I have for you today is the story of Luis Monge. And that's Monge as in the Spanish name spelled M-O-N-G-E. And I went on YouTube to try to learn how to pronounce this name better. And I have a feeling I'm going to mess it up at some point in the entire podcast. But, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. In the early morning on a hot summer day in June of 1963... Denver police received a telephone call from a man who was incredibly distraught. He explained to police that he had just killed his pregnant wife and three of his 10 children. This man was 45-year-old Luis Monge. Police rushed to his home and first to arrive on the scene was patrolman Herman Chapman, who found Luis uh, sitting in the living room hysterically screaming that they were upstairs. The patrolman went upstairs and discovered the bodies of his pregnant wife, Leonarda, who was 43 years old, his 11-month-old daughter, Teresa, and his 4-year-old son, Vincent, and his 6-year-old son, Alan. Six other children remained asleep in their beds, unharmed, and one child was spared because he was away at sleepaway camp. The bodies of his wife and three children were all neatly arranged next to one another in the bed that Luis and Leonardo shared, if you can imagine that grisly scene. Detective Byron Hayes was the one who questioned Luis about what he had done, and Luis explained that he had killed his wife while she was sleeping at around 1 a.m. He had beaten her to death with a steel bar. He then made his way to his 11-month-old daughter and stabbed her directly in the center of her chest with a 13-inch blade. He wiped the blood from her body and placed her next to Leonardo in the bed. He then went upstairs to where his other children were sleeping, and he carried Vincent, still asleep, down into the basement and strangled him. Then he placed him in the bed with his wife and baby daughter. Then he took six-year-old Alan from his bed... And he too, uh, he brought him as well down to the basement and struck him twice with a steel bar. Before dying, Alan managed to cry out, Daddy, twice, and Louis stopped the rampage and decided that he could not continue on killing the rest of his children. He struck Alan one more time and cradled the child as he died in his arms. He then placed Alan in bed with the other three. Luis then phoned his brother Pedro in New York, telling him his actions and what he planned to do next. So he went into the garage behind his house and tried to kill himself by running his car in the closed garage. He then changed his mind and decided to call police instead. Newspapers all over town began looking into the life of Monhe. This wasn't the first time that he was actually in the news in regards to his family. Two years prior, Monet went missing from his job as an insurance agent, and police as well as the FBI went on a nationwide search for this man. His children and wife um, all got on the news and lamented his absence, stating that he was a great father and that their house was incredibly empty without him. 
By all accounts, Luis was described as a great father who was active in playing games with his children and participating in their lives. And an interesting note is that during Luis's disappearance, his son Eddie Monge was actually delivering newspapers with the story of his missing father on the front page. And a passerby asked Eddie if there was anything he could do. And Eddie just replied that he wanted them to pray for his mother and father. So after this debacle, Louis returned home uh, two months later with only the explanation that everything had gone hazy and that he was okay now. So who is Luis Monge? Luis was a native of Puerto Rico and both of his parents um, died when he was only 11 years old. He then grew up in New York, and at 22 years old, he joined the Air Force and was stationed at Lowry Air Force Base, now the site of Lowry Neighborhood, of course, here in Denver, during World War II. Nothing more could really be ascertained about the history of Luis. Um, at one point during all of this, he met Leonarda, and they had been married 19 years, and of course they had 10 children with one on the way when he beat her to death with a steel pipe. Monhe never denied that he did the crime, and at first he tried to plead guilty only by reason of insanity, and then later pled guilty. However, in Colorado, a trial would still need to be held for a guilty plea to decide the sentence. So... The trial lasted only a few hours and was stalled by moments where Luis Monge broke down into uncontrollable sobbing. However strange the trial was for the time, what was revealed during the trial as the reasons for Luis's suicidal tendencies greatly disturbed everyone involved. Luis had apparently been carrying on a sexual relationship with his daughters and regularly sexually assaulted them. The incest was discovered by Leonardo, and on the night of the murders, a daughter had caught him molesting another daughter of his while she was sleeping. He then stayed up that night and came to the conclusion in his mind that killing his entire family and then himself was the only way to spare his family the humiliation of his actions if the public became aware of the incest. So try to wrap your minds around that one. Judge Don B. Bowman read Luis Monge's sentence of death. Luis cried out in court, You want to kill me? Kill me then. So on December 18th, 1963. So the execution was set for March 15th, 1964. However, by the point, Monge had had a change of heart and decided that he wanted to live. So he appealed twice and... This was all postponed until 1967, during which, which time Colorado was actually awaiting the outcome of a referendum regarding capital punishment. And one of these repeal appeals uh, requested that Luis need to be sent to Colorado Psychopathic Hospital for assessment before his execution could take place. And despite this, Governor John Love declared Luis sane and set his execution date for June 2nd, 1967. So a little bit more about that referendum. Monhe's execution was surrounded by controversy. As in January 1966, Governor Love had suspended all executions in the state pending the referendum on capital punishment. But in November of 1966, voters decided to retain the death penalty and Luis Monhe's execution was set. Before his execution, Luis had some 
requirements or, I guess, wishes for his body. So before his death, Luis arranged for his corneas to be removed and donated to a boy in need of a transplant. He also desired that his body be donated for research to Colorado Anatomical Society, depending on the condition of the body once he was dead. So in 1963, the gas chamber was still in use, and the operation of it required 15 people to run it, and backups for those people, so not one person was solely responsible for the actual actual execution. So just a breakdown of all those people. One person was responsible for preparing the acid, one prepared the cyanide, two strapped the person in and hooded him, two escorted him, one pulled the pin on the lever, and two were on the phones, one of which was to the governor. Also, there was a chamber operator, a chemical operator, escorts for the media, a chaplain, a ranking officer, and a deputy present, as well as the warden who would sometimes be in the room. So... It was noted that on the particular evening of Luis's execution that lightning and thunder was raging outside. Monge at one point attempted to lighten the mood by making a joke asking if the gas would irritate his asthma, and Warden Patterson laughed and told him that it wouldn't for too long. Monge then asked Warden Patterson if he could take a small photo of Jesus Christ into the chamber with him, that he had framed in Pall Mall cigarette wrappers, and Warden Patterson agreed. After getting Luis set up inside the chamber, Luis gave the framed picture to Warden Patterson and asked him to give it to his mother. That is, the mother of Warden Patterson. Written on the back of the picture was a note to the mother of Warden, thanking her for all of her kind words and prayers and the warden discovered afterwards that his mother had been sending letters and acting as a pen pal to many of the men on death row not in any kind of sexual way she just enjoyed sending them her thoughts and prayers and thought it was some kind of comfort to them i'm sure there's a number of arguments that could be made for or against actions like that so Warden Patterson got a lot of publicity after this stunt because it would be further revealed that his own mother was staunchly anti-death penalty. A number of men who um, had gone to the gas chamber by this point who were innocent, um, and I'm, I'm sure that number was just staggering, um, at least one was Joe Arity, who I covered in an earlier historical episode for Colored Red. Luis Monhey was declared dead at 8.20 p.m. on June 2nd, 1967. Unfortunately, after his death, his body was unable to be used for medical research, and he was buried in the prison cemetery. This was due to the fact that the state required all executed inmates have a full autopsy, which renders the body useless for research purposes. Surprisingly enough, during his time on death row, his family had not actually abandoned him. Many of his children, including his daughters, came to visit him throughout, and all of his remaining children, seven in total, shared a last meal with him. Before his execution, two of his sons came to the prison to remove personal items from his cell, including his pet parakeet. So, Luis Monge's execution would go down in history as the last execution to take place both in Colorado and in the entire United States prior to the 1972 Supreme Court decision in Furman versus Georgia, and it would be nearly a decade before any other state at all would carry out an execution. And in Colorado, it would be three decades before another execution would take place, that of Gary Lee Davis on October 13, 1997. 
Luis Monge's case, among others, was part of the de facto moratorium, which stayed all executions while the cases could be reviewed and a decision could be made about the death penalty. Monge was also the very last person to be executed by gas chamber in Colorado, and you can actually go view this gas chamber itself at the Canyon State Penitentiary Museum. Uh, the eve before his execution saw a mass protest at the state capitol, as well as a rally. So his case is often brought up as a key moment in the moratorium started on June 2nd, 1967, and it all goes down in history as such. So that's the really quick case of Luis Monge, and I'll have another Monge case for you guys at the end of the month, so I'm sure you guys can take a guess as to what case I'll be referencing there. Um, thanks, you guys. As always, check out my Instagram at Colored Red Podcast. I've also got a Facebook page, which will just pretty much show you the Instagram stuff. And I'll have some pictures on there and some updates. I've also got some weird Colorado facts that I'm doing and other little add-ons just to um, bring up a little bit more and add a little bit more to that for you guys. So thanks, you guys, and until next time. <laughs>